Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 14th edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022-2023 school year, I visit with Monmouth College editor and historian Jeff Rankin. Jeff will discuss a double feature of Monmouth College publications, the new issue of the Monmouth College magazine, and the 2023 edition of the Monmouth College calendar. It's been a busy stretch run of the fall semester for Monmouth editor and historian Jeff Rankin. Jeff recently finished up work on editing another magnificent edition of the Monmouth College magazine. The new edition recently started arriving in homes, and it's a big one because it's the college's annual issue that features the honor roll of donors. Also arriving in Scott's mailboxes this month is the 2023 edition of the Monmouth Calendar. Jeff has produced that for the last 30 years. The calendar is sent to the college's select donors, and if you'd like a copy, it's not too late to make a gift to the college before the end of the calendar year. Just go to monmouthcollege.edu and click on the Give link at the top of the front page. The new issue of the Monmouth College magazine includes coverage of this fall's homecoming, an update about the college's record-breaking Light This Candle campaign, as well as news from all around campus. The cover features a picture of Monmouth alumnus Ralph Whiteman and his wife Martha standing in front of the college's esteemed Hall of Achievement, which is proudly displayed in Wallace Hall. I started our conversation by asking Jeff to talk about how the Hall of Achievement was chosen for the magazine's cover story. Appropriate because it's the 30th uh, anniversary of the Monmouth College Hall of Achievement, which is uh, actually started the year that I started at Monmouth 30 years ago. And it's, uh, it's a tribute to the Whiteman family, which uh, has uh, three uh, current alumni who represent each representing a different decade. We had uh, Don Whiteman from the 1940s, Ralph Whiteman from the 1950s, and baby brother Dick Whiteman from the 1960s. And they are all just uh, incredibly involved in uh, community service and trying to make the world a better place, and also very supportive of Monmouth College. And that was sort of the the impetus behind uh, starting a Hall of Achievement, which is actually Monmouth's highest alumni award that we we uh, confer, and they they saw that you know Monmouth being a small college, uh, not a not a particularly wealthy college at the time, um, had an incredible number of CEOs from uh, major corporations like uh, Pennzoil and Ford Motor Company. And that's something that we should celebrate, particularly because we want our uh, current students to feel that they can be inspired to to achieve uh, these these types of uh, career goals. That it doesn't matter if you go to uh, an Ivy League or you know a, a major university, um, you can achieve uh, just as uh, incredible. Uh, uh, results at a small liberal arts college where you really do get 
um, a, a type of education that you cannot really uh, get at a lot of other uh, institutions. And so uh, the, the hope was as this hall grew and, uh, you know, every year we add more, uh, more names of, of our really top alumni to it. Uh, students uh, who are coming through the college to see uh, the college for the first time or are just being around, they'll look at all these illustrious names and say, wow, this is really impressive and I can do it. And so the Whitemans did that. They also did a Hall of Achievement for the Monmouth Public Schools, of which they were graduates, and their mother was a school teacher. And interestingly, a lot of those uh, inductees into the Public School Hall of Fame were also Monmouth College alumni. Um, so, and most probably many of those people uh, you have heard of, uh, one of them wasn't a Monmouth College alum, but uh, had a lot of ties to Monmouth, and that was President Ronald Reagan, who spent his uh, part of his youth uh, in Monmouth attending the public schools. So there's a lot of uh, really um, beautiful stories that the Whitemans have, have perpetuated, kept going, um, and continue to inspire us. And, and I think, uh, you know, that list of, of notable alumni is just going to continue to grow over the years. Um, it won't uh, it won't slow down. I think it may actually speed up. What do you think uh, accounts for all this success? Do you think there's just something in the water? Is it is there a secret sauce or secret recipe? I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the quality of our faculty. Uh, they are just, uh, by and large, uh, in, incredibly dedicated to their jobs and interested in student success helping them to uh, enroll in grad school. Um, you know, we had Professor Haldeman who actually started a revolving loan fund so his chemistry grads could afford to get their PhD, something he could never afford to do himself. And it's just, uh, you know, they, they take such a personal interest in, their, in the students that they, uh, it's almost as if it's themselves, uh, uh, vicariously uh, helping these students to achieve just as they would hope to. And um, it, and it, it, and again, it's self-perpetuating. The more uh, success there is, uh, the more successful our students are. Um, and I think we, we're doing a lot these days that we weren't doing in the old days with our Wackerly Career Center, uh, helping students get really meaningful uh, internships while they're in college. Um, actually, you know, getting job offers before they even graduate, um, and again, helping them get into some of the top grad schools because they've had a lot of really uh, meaningful research opportunities, especially the, the science and engineering students, uh, uh, opportunities they might not have gotten in a larger university. Almost by on cue in this issue of the magazine, the pages flow from about writing about the Hall of Achievement into homecoming. And there were just some great uh, examples of what you just talked about. We honored uh, two outstanding faculty 
uh, at homecoming. Great example there. The faculty honored a, a family who'd been involved with, with the college for literally generations and then honored some very distinguished alumni, including an individual who, as you mentioned earlier, CEOs come from Monmouth College, not only the CEO, but the chairman of the board of uh, the Ohio State University Board of Trustees. Uh, there were just some, I think, great examples of what you talked about uh, on display at homecoming this year. Yeah, that's right. And we also uh, mentioned, um, as far as homecoming, we had this wonderful reunion of our 1972 50th anniversary uh, football team that, that went 9-0 and was undefeated. And But particularly a uh, tribute to Coach Bill Rykow, who uh, was there in person, uh, in, still inspiring these these guys who come to see him after 50 years, and uh, it's it, you know it, it just talks about the, the quality of of the relationships we have not only with our our uh, faculty but but our staff and our coaches, and um, it's it's just this ongoing thing and. And people, uh, alumni just love coming back to homecoming because they know they're going to to run into these people that influence their lives, that they have such wonderful memories with uh, going back uh, 50 years or more. You mentioned athletics. That's also played a key role in the history of, of Mammoth as well. And I think one of the things that's impressive to me is that it's not just about winning championships or conference titles, but it's about the sort of a second classroom that that Monmouth College has established with with athletics. Yeah, this is really true. I think uh, in the old days, uh, we our fraternity system was more associated with athletics, but now athletics, uh, in a way, uh, supersede that because. Uh, in order to be successful, both as an athlete and as a, as a scholar, you have to be incredibly uh, uh, disciplined and devoted. And I think our coaches do an amazing job keeping students focused on uh, not only playing at their their top uh, level, but to to just make sure that they don't lose any of that focus on the classroom. And um, and I think our coaches are some of our best recruiters there. I know we have uh, football coaches right now down in Florida during a kind of hectic time of year, but they're down there recruiting um, next generation of fighting Scots and um, students come up here from from there. And, you know, they think they're going to come here for the, maybe the football experience, but it's so much more. Um, they, they come here and they uh, they just get this rich uh, sense of what it's like to go to college in a small Midwest town where people really care about you. Another item I want to mention that's in the magazine, there's a, a spread of the new amphitheater, the Trebek Amphitheater on, on campus. Um, that seems to really have the potential to kind of transform that part of the campus, which I guess sort of began uh, more than a decade ago. Um, that, that just has, seems to have great potential on this campus. Yeah, um, it's an interesting, you know, having been uh, around the college for so many years, uh, just watching the, the constant transformation of the college, uh, this area where this amphitheater is located was a residential neighborhood not that many years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And gradually the college has purchased uh, properties and developed that land. And we kind of watch it uh, evolve almost uh, 
in this um, kind of sense of um, it's just this gradual, uh, it's an organic kind of development where you build one thing and you see, well, uh, maybe it should be a little bit different. And at one time they were going to uh, build maybe some uh, fraternity houses or something where we have this big quad. And once they got the quad open, they said, no, no, this has got to remain like this. And then we built the Center for Science and Business with sort of a, uh, a fountain area that the Trubeck family had, had given. But then uh, when First Lady Lobie Stone saw it, she says, no, this, this is built for an amphitheater. So uh, that, that's the next step. So it's just this gradual um, but and intentional, but, but, but sort of also organic uh, uh, development that just makes the college uh, really beautiful. Um, and that's kind of how the whole campus has developed over the years. It started out with just one building on a hill. And over the years, as the needs changed and uh, people uh, saw the, um, where a, a new building could best be built, uh, it would eventually happen. So now we just have one of the most, uh, I think, beautiful campuses in, in the Midwest. The other publication that is in, in the mail is uh, a gift to every, that goes every year to special donors of the college is the Mama College calendar. Uh, talk about the theme of the 2023 Mama College calendar and where that idea came from. Right. Well, the, the college calendar, this is actually the 30th one I've produced uh, since I, I came to Monmouth. And um, my favorite ones are the ones that have a theme. Uh, of course, we have a beautiful campus, so occasionally it, it will just be a, a calendar with beautiful campus scenes. But uh, the ones that involve uh, maybe the history of the college or or some particular theme, maybe having to do with faculty uh, or uh, or or like a theater department, things like that. Those are the fun ones to do. And we were kind of trying to think of uh, something that we could do this year that was uh, along those lines, but also uh, something new that we hadn't really done and got to thinking about, you know, we take, we take probably tens of thousands of photos a year um, and we tried to portray the college as we want people to see it from the outside. Um, and we, we do that, but, but we ourselves see it mostly from the inside. And so, uh, we thought, well, that would be kind of an interesting thing to really more focus on behind the scenes rather than in front of the scenes. And so we thought, well, you know, there are enough, uh, things that we take photos of during the year that let's, let's just try to uh, focus on taking those photos, uh, from, from the college's side of the, um, uh, you know, point of view. And so that's what we did. And we just kind of uh, each month uh, focused on something, whether it's the, the diplomas being signed rather than being handed out or uh, somebody uh, uh, getting ready to be in a, in a theater production um, in the dressing room rather than being actually on the stage or our uh, great chef, Kim Fornero, uh, pre preparing food. You don't see them usually preparing it. You see it being served. So it just makes it, it's kind of interesting uh, perspective. And I think uh, people kind of uh, enjoy seeing uh, Monmouth College uh, from behind the scenes. 
You're listening to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to Monmouth editor and historian Jeff Rankin. Jeff's been responsible for producing scores of wonderful publications for Monmouth College throughout his career. And in the last word essay in the recent issue of the Monmouth College magazine, Jeff announced that he plans to retire in early 2023. As Jeff points out, He's witnessed an incredible amount of change during his three decades of service at Monmouth. Although, as he notes, you don't always notice the grass while it's growing. Coming upon my my final magazine as editor, um, of course, it was incumbent on me to to write the last word. And uh, starting out, uh, trying to think, well, what? How do you uh, encapsulate thirty years of of working at Monmouth College? Um, and and tr- in a nutshell, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I think my my main um, takeaway from the experience is that things have they change so gradually that when you're here, you don't really notice it. Um, but when you step back at the end of thirty years, uh, it's just like um, things have just changed uh, so dramatically that it's hard to believe, really. And, um, you know, I think one of the the things that I'm uh, happiest about was getting uh, a magazine that that was, uh, I think, stands up against a lot of magazines from other colleges in the country. When I first started out in in 1992, um, we were doing a quarterly uh, tabloid newspaper called Scott's News. Uh, we're doing a quarterly tabloid newspaper called Scott's News. And, you know, it got the news out and it was done on a regular basis. But again, it, it really didn't, I don't think it showcased Monmouth to its uh, best ability. <clears throat> At the time, um, technology wasn't such that it was easy or, uh, or really um, economically feasible to publish a high quality magazine at, on a regular basis. Monmouth College had tried to do that um, over the years. We had, going back to the 1930s, we had called the Monmouth College Bulletin, and it was published four times a year. And one issue was actually the college catalog, but it was a generally black and white magazine of like 18 pages. And it was done that way so that we could get a second class mailing permit for like a newspaper. Uh, and so eventually by the late late 90s, things technology had changed enough that we were able to go forward and develop an actual uh, true magazine. And I think that it's grown over the years. In the last uh, about six years, I've been able to focus full time on it because I've sort of taken on the role of just mainly editor of the, of the magazine. And uh, again, technology makes it so much easier because photography and all that sort of thing, digital, uh, makes it easy to do that. At one time, you had to send your photos away to Kodak, and they would send you a CD with a, with the digital photos on them, and it was just really time consuming and expensive. Uh, and gradually, that's all changed. So um, I'm just happy that we're able to continue to do that on a regular basis and that we're able to, I think, present the college in a more compelling, uh, visually stimulating way that we couldn't really do with an old newspaper kind of format. Um, but uh, as I mentioned in my column, there's been so many things that have uh, 
have evolved over the years. Uh, of course, the campus is is the most noticeable, probably uh, practically doubling in size, um, building all of our our really beautiful new facilities, including the Huff Athletic Center, the Center for Science and Business, the Bowers Hall, Gracie Peterson Hall, and uh, Patty Hall. Um, those all kind of occurred in the in the 2000s and and uh, and 2010s. Um, and of course, that was all because of the fundraising and the, the generosity of our alumni who came forward in an amazing way. And, you know, we spent probably uh, well over $120 million in just a very short period of time to do this. And, and with our latest campaign, which we're wrapping up and celebrating in this magazine, um, we're also focusing on the future. We're, we're focusing on the endowment on scholarships, on faculty development. And those are the things that are really gonna, I think, uh, matter uh, down the road. I mean, we did need to have new facilities uh, for certain, but now we really need to focus on uh, educating and uh, doing, you know, making uh, the Monmouth experience the best we can for our students. I heard uh, Monmouth College uh, Dean of the Faculty, Bill Julian, once say that really all a classroom building is is a concrete tent. What matters about a classroom building is what happens inside the building. And that reminded me of something that uh, when he said that, that James Garfield once said about his alma mater, Williams College, that the ideal college classroom is Mark Hopkins, one of their famous faculty members in the 19th century, on one end of a log and a student on the other. And it seems like that you've seen that up close more than anyone, that really what's defined Monmouth College is a faculty member on one end of the log and a student on the other. And that's what really defines the Monmouth experience. Yeah, that is so true. Um, you know, uh, being here 30 years, I've really been able to interact with some of our legends who are no longer with us and uh, really got to see from that standpoint um, how they have how they impacted, uh, you know, generations of students. Um, you know, uh, each student may only experience them for four years, but then, uh, you know, multiply that by uh, their 30-year, 40-year careers and just think of how many students uh, they've impacted. I mean, I can remember uh, interacting with, you know, of course, Gracie Peterson, <laughs> one of our all-time greats uh, who graduated in 1922 and uh, Mary Crow was one of my favorite people when I was writing a, uh, a history book on Monmouth, uh, the city of Monmouth. Uh, she she was sort of my mentor and got to know her really well doing that. And then there were people from more recent years like uh, Doc Keith and Gary Wilhart who would just, they're just, they were fun people. Uh, but they were also incredibly dedicated to teaching. But they just uh, they they just uh, radiated this this uh, love of learning and and of conviviality and being uh, part of a community. And um, so it was just so wonderful to get to meet them. I also got to uh, interact with uh, Admiral Stockdale and Helen Wagner Willie from As the World Turns. Um, and there's just been so many uh, that. You know, I just feel so fortunate um, to have sort of bridged the, the early Monmouth College uh, with the current uh, college that is really uh, looking forward and uh, 
really, I think, an, an exciting place in its, in its overall history. In the fall of 1939, the New York Yankees beat the Cincinnati Reds to win the World Series that year. Also that year, the first Rankin stepped foot on the Monmouth College campus. That was your late father, Glenn Rankin. Since then, there's been a, there's been a Rankin associate with Monmouth College every year. And that will continue in 2023 when your brother Doug continues to teach on the theater faculty at, at the college. But uh, talk a little bit about what the uh, Monmouth College has meant to the Rankin family over these, well, more than 70 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's humbling, really. Uh, my father was, you know, grew up on a farm in Biggsville near Monmouth. Uh, Somehow his parents uh, got the money, you know, this was during the Depression, uh, to, to get him to uh, enroll at Monmouth. Which he, he had been a student body president at Bigsville High School, and so, you know, they, they saw some promise there. He came to Monmouth and um, really uh, excelled. He was, uh, again, student body president, but he was a really strong athlete. He still holds the... Uh, Monmouth College record for the longest punt, <laughs> um, more than uh, 93 yards. Um, but, you know, he made a lot of friends then. And, the, and again, this was the greatest generation. And he was, he was able to actually finish, graduate before uh, uh, in, enlisting in the, uh, in the Navy during World War II, uh, attended uh, Notre Dame and officer school, and then went off to the South Pacific. And so, you know, growing up, I heard stories of the war, but I also heard stories of, of his friends and his classmates and their exploits in the war. And, you know, one of his classmates was, was uh, Bobby Dunlap, who went to Iwo Jima and got the Medal of Honor. And um, so after the war, he went, uh, he was in New York and became a, a special agent for the FBI. And of course, he always missed farming. That was his life. And his father needed help, so he got married and decided uh, they would come back to Monmouth. And it wasn't long before Monmouth College uh, recognized uh, that he was available and offered him the job of uh, missions director. And so that was the beginning, 1957, of a long-time career uh, in both admissions and alumni. And so uh, he and my mother um, lived a block from the college. Uh, they constantly entertained uh, not just faculty, but alumni. Um, it just became almost a, a, a mecca for uh, people coming back to Monmouth. And so I grew up in that sort of whole atmosphere of all these uh, legendary uh, faculty and alumni, um, knowing them from a young kid. And so, uh, you know, when, when my chance came, uh, when I was asked if I would like to uh, take over uh, in, in the communications department. I jumped at that opportunity. Uh, Bruce Haywood was the president then, and I thank him for giving me the opportunity. Uh, but, you know, my wife had already been working there for a time, and um, my brother had been teaching there since 86, and he'd actually worked there after graduation in the communications department for before he went to grad school. And then our uh, children attended Monmouth, one graduated, and uh, my sister-in-law went to Monmouth. So it's just, you know, it's a family thing. It's always been part of my life. It will continue to be part of my life. I still live a block from the college. 
So, um, you know, I, I feel like, well, yes, I'm not going to be there on the day-to-day -day behind the scenes, but I'm going to be there. So. Well, the good news, Jeff, is we know where you live. <laughs> and so my guess is everyone at the college will continue to be leaning on you for not only ideas and in your creativity, but also your vast historical reservoir uh, about not only the college, but the region as well. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, I, you know, I have so many friends and, uh, you know, colleagues that I admire and will continue to uh, interact with and, and really enjoy those relationships. That's Mammoth editor and historian Jeff Rankin. He recently edited his final edition of the Mammoth College magazine and the Mammoth College calendar. You can check out the latest issue of the magazine online, as well as browse several past issues by pointing your browser to mammothcollege.edu slash magazine. And that's a wrap on this 14th episode of Monmouth College Conversations. It's also going to be a wrap on Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022 fall semester. The program will be back in mid-January after it celebrates Christmas and then settles in for a long winter's nap. You can tell us what you think about this program or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. So until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day. Stay healthy and have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. See you in 2023.